1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Dometic. Mobile living made easy. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood with you this morning talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. You can follow us on Facebook, Facebook at Real Adventures and join in the conversation because Redmond, we're giving away real brand clothing every week we've got a challenge every week that we're coming up for our uh, our listeners this week's challenge is all around your favorite recipe for cooking so what we need people to do is send in uh, your favorite recipe with a photo. It's gonna be nice and simple because you're a simpleton. Mm-hmm. But you can kick us off. What's your favourite recipe for cooking fish? And oh.
0: your favourite fish? I'm not a good morning. I'm not a simpleton when it comes to cooking fish, Patrick. That's well, that's where the uh, Ooh, that where the brains are. comes out. Yeah, yeah no, you, that you could have said it about my fishing. You could have said it about my fishing, but not my cooking. But anyway, <laughs> my favourite. I don't reckon you could beat simple, Pat. And
2: no, well, I'm all for simple. I, uh, yeah,
0: simpleton. <laughs> I don't want 20
2: different yes. ingredients. Like this has to be, you know, your sort of five-ish. You know, and I'm including salt and pepper on that. Like just <laughs> really simple, well, nice and easy. Whether it's barbecue
0: or baked or whatever. Well, I'm going to go with uh, flatted first. That's going to be the first uh, species of fish. Uh, you could do this with your whiting and your ba- and anything that's not your super fishy tasting uh, fish. So, like uh, your blue eye chival or anything like that. Yeah. Now, I like to cook it on a pan, and what I do is I uh, butter in the pan, butter not oil, I like butter, and I have the fillets without skin on them. Curry doesn't like skin, and basically I Good pop look it- after the <laughs> yeah, Bit of salt and pepper on top of the fillets before I put it in. And I drop the, the the fillets into the pan and then let the butter, obviously, it's already melted. And then I squeeze lemon all over it while it's in the pan. You get this nice sizzling sort of flavor going through it. And what? also, I don't mind putting a little bit of garlic on in the pan as well, like before, with the butter, after the butter melts. And that's just if you like garlic. And then cook it for a very small amount of time, a couple of minutes each side, really, until because it, it's flathead. Not really thick, are they, Pat? Like, it's quite no, thin. And if so you're heating your pan up. Yeah, heat the pan know. up. You heat the pan up first and bring it Pretty back solid. to temperature a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and then heat it up. Uh, I reckon just on medium, just over medium, and that'll cook the fish uh, well through. And then when I pull it, pull it off, let it rest a little bit and then a little bit more salt and pepper on it. And I don't think you can beat that. You can put flour on it as well if you like. Yep. I actually like it naturally uh, without the flour, just straight on. But my other one, this is my go-to one. I can't, I'm going to claim it. Now, it started off with Kari's dad, who came up with this, and then I went into the, the Kari. She took over, then I've claimed it. So it's, <laughs> it's mine, but it's the calamari pasta that we do, Pat. Yes, it's, it is brilliant,
2: a, actually. I have had your calamari it, pasta. It is,
0: uh, it's one of our uh, favorite, favorite uh, recipes to cook in the house because we obviously catch a lot of calamari. Yep. But the problem with it is getting the calamari... Uh, to not be chewy when you cook it in the pasta. Yes, you want it to be tender, nice and soft. So you can do a couple little tricks. You can uh, you can put in the old kiwi fruit or in the in the milk. A couple of I think the milk you do it over the over the period of a day. Yep. And the kiwi fruit. I'm just that good at cooking. I just get it anyway without any help. But uh, <laughs> so basically, it's calamari pasta. You've got The pasta. You got your um, coconut cream, evaporated milk. A uh, bit technical for you. Mushrooms, capsicum, uh, garlic. You name it, it's in there. I know you wanted your five recipes. You're well, looking that's at me funny. very intricate. It is. I'm not going to get into it too much, but basically- we have. Well, with the calamari, what I do first is I cook it first, yep. but I undercook it, so it's only, I'm talking like, really like 15 seconds, 15 yep. seconds, and then once my mixture's made, I won't talk too much about it because yeah, we don't have a lot of time, but once the mixture's to the sides, basically ready to go, uh, I then pop it in there and sort of leave it to cook in there for a period of time and let it simmer. Nice. And it, fermenting in the juices, pretty much, and basically it brings out the softness in it because it slow cooks it, I guess, for about another few minutes, and then the pasta comes out. The pasta goes in the bowl. You put your uh, you put your calamari pasta all over the over the over the pasta, and then you just have a nice jamison on the side there, Patrick. Well, your calamari over the pasta. What did I say? calamari oh, the,
2: and then your pasta. I
0: meant the calamari mixture. <laughs> but anyway, the calamari pasta and the white are my two
2: favourite recipes. For, for someone that didn't want to talk too much about it, you <sighs> spent a fair bit of time on it. I made, hey, made
0: a green curry last night.
2: Redmond, uh, Better Bone and Victoria, they've um, put out plans that uh, the real boat ramp mm. is getting an this upgrade. Is great. Yep. It is great. And what I love what they've done, um, they've actually appealed to the general public to send in their ideas um, you know, send in um, basically drawings around what they think should happen to the real boating facility. So I th- I, it might be a f- it's the first time I've heard of it, certainly. Um, it may be a first around Australia where they're genuinely engaging the community um, through uh, Facebook and other means uh, for feedback around the plans. So, and I think that's a great step towards, um, you know, having the public on side with what's going to be, you know, a decent
0: spend in the real area. Well, real is... Phillip Island, obviously, Pat's down yep. down the other side of Western Port, so down right on the east side, south, pretty much the south of Western Port, I guess you could say, but it is on the the eastern side of it if you come into in real. Yep. And like you said, as a fisherman, and you go down to facilities now. Before uh, the the government had taken away boat ramp fees, I I am more than happy when we discuss this to pay our fees Absolutely. at the ramp as long as we have the facilities that if uh, we've got great in place. facilities. Yep. So Queenslip was one of the only ones on the Ballerine Peninsula, we'll call it. That we had to pay for, but we had nothing there. There was a toilet block, but there was no cleaning facilities. The boat supplied like a tap. But there was no actual hoses along the lines. Where if you go to a place like Clifton Springs, which is only 10 minutes down the road, it's got awesome facilities. Now they've got the new ramp there too. They've also got a nice jetty. People are catching a lot of squid off. They've got the cleaning facilities. They've got a toilet block. And they've got a boat ramp facility, which I'm pretty sure they supply a tap end as well, So it's right. which is great. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, if you do fish out of this ramp quite frequently or a holiday make down there quite frequently, I think it's well worth getting involved with the conversation and asking, not just telling them what you want, but how to do it as well. Now, here's a little example that I'm not too happy with is Ocean Grove Boat Ramp. I use it quite a lot. I was down cleaning some awesome fish, which we'll talk about in a minute, during the week. Now, what do you think of this? We turn the tap on, and I've known this for a while, but you turn the tap on, guess what comes out? Now, this... Water. Water, but what type of water? Now you got to picture this ramp, this cleaning facility. Pat is actually on the walkway over, so it's so you walk onto the pier and you walk along the pier, then you're on the uh, you're over the water, and then as you turn, there's a cleaning facility there, and then it goes onto the pontoon, so it's actually above the water. All oh, right, but they have a bloody fresh water pipe running to it. Wouldn't it be easier just to have some sort of pump into the salt water? Because when I'm cleaning the fish, you got fresh water. You don't you want to avoid putting any water on fish at all. But if you're gonna do it, you want to put salt water rather than fresh. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, I suppose it would be ease of connection. But I totally agree with you. that.
0: But basically, sense. what I'm trying to say is, I would have, if they put it in, I'd be mentioning salt water facilities, and basically a, a a sorry, cleaning facility, just away from the ramp a little bit, so you can sort of get away from the piers when people are walking past and things along the lines. But that's me complaining. <laughs> it
2: is. Albie uh, Reels Redman. We had uh, the guys from Albie on uh, a couple of months. Ago, uh, the end of this month, there are four new models that are going to be released, ranging from 199 to 289 RRP, which is great to see. Obviously, spin reels, spin reels. They were on the uh, on the cusp of collapse, and with the support of of the um, Australia, Australia, basically. Australian fishing yeah. industry, um, they're back going stronger than ever, which is great to see. So they're up and running. S. A. Mullerway. Um, I was reading an article during the week by uh, one of our great mates here at uh, Real Adventures, Shane Mensforth, on their Spooled magazine, yep. which is an online magazine that you can download for free uh, around SA Mullaway and just how well they're fishing at the moment um, using soft plastics. And it sort of begs the question around, like, there's been um, a lot of noise out of South Australia with the snapper, obviously, and there being a band, but there are just so many other species. What happened which with the to snapper? Chase. Yeah, well, exactly right. <laughs> so many other uh, species of which to
0: chase. Uh, Redmond, let's get into it. Your week in fishing. So it was great to get back on the water, to be honest with you, Pat, because we'd been gallivanting around the Country the last month and a bit, haven't we? So and the last couple of days, you were certainly getting itchy feet. You wanting, yeah. wanting to get oh, back. It's and... just it's hard being away when everyone's catching the fish that we've been waiting the whole season for. It's a snapper. Everyone loves catching them. Well, not everyone was catching them. No, mate. it's it's actually been extremely hard. And now we've got in today's show, we're going to talk a quite a fair bit about. We're going to review uh, side imaging and down imaging as well, and just how sounders can really add <laughs> yep. and help. Which helped me help me during the week, which we yep. are going to talk about. But one thing that is pathetic right now is the water temperature, Pat. What do you reckon? I actually didn't tell you. What do you reckon the water temperature was at Clifton Springs during the week? Well, I'm just guessing. If you're
2: saying it's pathetic, means it's not warm enough yet. It's, so I'm saying it's cold. It was 14 degrees before
0: yep. I left. It was nearly. It was 16. Doesn't surprise so me. It's, it's
2: been bloody cold was everywhere. everywhere. There was
0: hail, and that's one of why it's all melted in the bay, and that's why it's so cold. But. The snapper is very hard at the moment. Well, not everywhere, because obviously there not are the exactly. fires
2: around Australia. and We do send our thoughts out to all the incredible fireys around Australia that are fighting those New South Wales fires. But sorry, back no, to your no, point. No, that's a
0: spot on. Good point. But basically, the snapper in the bay uh, aren't. <laughs> they come good with that weather, and then we had this massive cold front in the last. Well, this whole week's been cold, other than one day, yep. and it's the, it's not allowing the temperature to uh, get up. Now cray season opens. Uh, pretty much, I think it's today, it opens. So yesterday, 16th, it's opens. And basically, I was diving for craze on this day last year, and I had nearly 16 degrees. And it's still offshore when I was fishing during the week. It was under 13. 12.9 at one stage. That's freaking cold like that's and you wonder why there's no fish anywhere why would you live here when you're in cans and it's 27 in the water oh, no, exactly but, right. but basically what i'm trying to say is that don't get too carried away with not catching fish yet i'm getting heaps of messages through salt guide it's the water temperature now i got um uh, you really gotta pick your days don't you exactly right picking yeah. my i'm picking the barometer this and that and it, it's been, not like oh, i've
2: got the uh next week i've got thursday afternoon knock off at two. Oh sweet i'll okay. go fish then and expect to catch fish.
0: Well, I fished three times during the week and weather was shocking. Start of the week was okay, but Monday, Snapper in Clifton Springs, I marked up the mother load of fish, heaps of them. I got one fish in about four hours and I was working hard, no longer than 10 minutes on a spot going from dump to reef to channel to you name it. Burling I tried up it. or just waiting? I just, I just, I don't like burling for snapper. I like moving and I just kept, and that's Clifton Springs last year this time. I had hundreds of fish already and it's just me bouncing from dump till they stopped biting, moved to the next one. And basically I couldn't do that. I couldn't catch a fish. There was people struggling out there, but then I went offshore um, and had a great time out there. Now I went for snapper straight up and we got our bag, which is our six fish, Bobby and myself, and made them while we're fishing. So we we're allowed three snapper per person over 40 centimetres. Yep. Excuse me. And then we we got our six fish straight away, but I stopped fishing. The reason for that is when you're in offshore fishery, and it happens in the bay too, but offshore, I was in 30 odd metres of water. Every fish that I catch after my sixth fish, yep. I have to let go. If I start letting them go, they're going to die within that minute to three days later from barotrauma. So basically, it's the pressure yeah. when they come up. Oh, yep. And... They say you can try release them, this and that. To me, it's not worth it. I won't even catch them. It's all right if you accidentally do it. That's an accident. It's not... Yep. It's, it's targeting gummy yeah, sharks. Gummy sharks, you get one. That's okay. But I got my six fish. I left. I went gummy shark fishing. And I'm not joking. In an hour and a bit, we got eight gummy sharks. I reckon we could have caught another 10 more in another hour. Eight gummy sharks from five kilo, which was great to see some small ones. Yep. Right up to 20 plus. So it was great. We got a mixed size. We got eight of them couple of seven gill sharks uh do you find there's a difference in the flavor of flesh between uh, the small I, gummies to the large i don't um no, nah, I spoke to Craig during the week about it, and he reckons he notices it see i think i, I do yeah personally. Right. I, I, those
2: five to ten kilos uh i prefer the best eating one? compared to the twenty kilo. Well, I'll take what I've
0: just it's given bit, you, given <laughs> you then i'll take the ones out of the freezer then. <laughs> a bit like but a bit like snapper
2: yep i I may have put in a uh you did put in a request. For a fish this week, so I asked uh, our great mate Redmond to to drop off a fish. I said what size? I, said, oh, I just said sort of plate size, about two and a half, three two and a half kilo, half to three kilos. <laughs> and we got bloody <laughs> ten of them, <laughs> all six. I wasn't allowed ten,
0: but we uh, we got a fair few fish. So they, uh, it's good to be able to share this with your family and friends. And I copped a little bit of hate from the photo on the old social media, but did say that. So I was allowed. Well, I can give anyone advice if you are going to, you know, if you are going to
2: distribute hate on Facebook or Instagram, just make sure your punctuation is correct. Because a lot of people use you don't it, like it the do. wrong shore and shore. It just
0: had me laughing. You, you, were gonna, you even messaged me, I was going to comment back, and you didn't. I just The amount of times I've supported my mate Dangerfield on social media.
2: Yeah, but just, you don't do it with the correct pronunciation. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, Redmond, we need to get into the show. We've got Alma Glashan joining us Ooh. a little later to talk life on the line, which is going to be a fascinating insight. We obviously spoke about it last week. Plenty more real adventures after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for The Social Club. And we said off the top of the show, send in your favorite recipe for your favorite fish. Send in a photo with that to our Real Adventures Facebook page. And you'll go in the draw to win some real brand fishing apparel. First question, Redman, is from David. Hi, boys, I was listening to your show a few weeks ago and you were talking about the South Australian fishery mm-hmm. um, and how there are so many other species to chase. I'm planning a trip to SA uh, with Christmas around the corner. I'd like to get there before Chrissy um, is upon us. Where would you? Uh, what would you recommend I chase? Do
0: you reckon I should talk about a trip I did last year?
2: I think you should. Like, there's so many all incredible places right. to chase, so many different species I'll do, of fish around I'm going to
0: recommend... Heading out of uh, Tumbi Bay area down to Point Link, uh, Point, Point Lincoln, it's uh it's tremendous fishery down there. Tumbi Bay's whiting is crazy. And then if you go down to, um, down to Lincoln down there, and you head out to the Green Islands, the kingfish, the Samson fish, the Bruces, the Tun Valley, the tuner, oh, there's the heaps of tuner out yep. there. Is insane. It is jigging for them. It is some of the best fishing. So it's, it's the Greenlee Islands. Yep. Uh, heading out there. I couldn't recommend it any more, any more whatsoever. Speak to Shane uh, Mensforth as well uh, from Spooled Magazine too. If you can send him a message on social media, I'm sure he'll help you out with a few areas. Or on their SA Angler page. Yep, because... Or on the local tackle store. Go down there. They'll yep. recommend some things for you. But also in South Oz, Pat, uh, I know Shane wrote about this in his magazine because he had a good look of it. A good look at it was the the yellowfin whiting or the sand whiting. Yeah. Oh, they're catching them on in so many different techniques on the flats. They've got soft plastics, hard bodies, the, poppers. The oh, poppers, God. I, I find them, and
2: chain fishes for them. A fair he bit. loves it. Um, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's just the fishery down fishery down there doesn't stop. And then obviously the mullewa this time of the year, Pat, are going to get better and better. So the mullewa fishing off the beach, I know you've done a fair bit down there on all different species, Australian salmon too, Pat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. As soon as you head sort of down um, Victor or Dinger Beach, like you, it's a bit like. Um, What happens in WA, you see those huge schools come through. So I can't reiterate enough that the the South Australian fishery is so much more than just snapper. So keep that in mind. It should still be one of your your top destinations around the country to go and fish because it's
0: so good. You might even accidentally catch a snapper pat. And you'll release it, of course. (laughs) Redmond, your question. Uh, My question is from Sam. Do you keep the bloodline... Uh, in the field of the snapper, after when you have finished filleting the snapper, so basically you've taken your fillet off. I'm asking, and then the fillet's sitting there. I like to skin it. Well, I was gonna I was gonna answer it for you because okay, you go. giving no, well,
2: given, you know we spent a couple of weeks together and you, you filleted a, fillet? a stack of fish while we up there. Every time we've fished, you've taken the the bloodline out yep. of the fish, and you've just spoken
0: about the the quality of flesh that you get if you do t- if you do. Uh, take it out it is and the, the and it's very easy to miss too and another good thing with it is some fish have pin bones that run right through their lateral line there pat and that like especially up the front side even didn't have them there and basically with snapper and the likes if you are catching those anything from basically a kilo up you still get two really nice fillets if you separate the bloodline out of it uh, another thing i can recommend is when you take the skin off is to bring your knife up a few mil. And it's gonna skip the actual blood which is on the bottom of in between the skin and the flesh. So that's another really good uh, really good way to, to clean your keep your fish clean and not tasting as least fishy as possible. Beautiful work, Redmond.
2: If you've got a question for our social club, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook page. Now it's time for our dream boating destinations. Thanks to Club Marine, ensure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine, call or search Club Marine to find out more Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Now, Redmond, today we're talking about Dundee Beach. I've been lucky enough to fish up there um, in a few previous off-seasons. Um, there's no doubt it's one of the the more well-known, I think, places to fish around Australia um, and certainly Northern Territory. But if you're interested in chasing barramundi, Dundee Beach has a great reputation Um, it's about 37 minutes southwest of uh, Darwin so you fly into Darwin it's not a huge um, it's not a huge trek to head out there Um, you do have to cover some k's in the boats there's no doubt about that Um, so you're in for a bit of a banging we certainly um, you know when dad and I fished there a few years ago we, we copped it in the boat, but that's okay. That's all part of uh, heading up north and
0: chasing fish. The good thing with Dundee Beach as well is it's got a holiday park there too, which is always good, somewhere to stay, family-friendly. Uh, and it's got numerous fishing charters too. So if you're heading up there, look after these guys, learn the area. And then you can also, there's a boat hire too. So if you do feel as though you're comfortable enough and you don't want to tow a boat up, Other than the charters, you can zip out in a hired boat and you're probably going to catch 65,412. (laughs) Barramundi over a metre long like I didn't. (laughs) Dundee Beach, our dream boating destination for today.
2: Club Marine is Australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis. And now you can win the dream with Club Marine.
1: Club Marine members have the chance to
2: win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a North Bank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 33208. Real Adventures. It's time to get all aboard for Dometic, mobile living made easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for all aboard for Dometic. Keep food and drinks chilled with a Dometic CIB twenty six <laughs> insulated cooler bag. We actually used them up in cans, We do. They, they were, were great. phenomenal, uh, nothing as... like wraps in a cooler bag, Patrick. Exactly right. Uh, special guest this morning is Al McGlashan, who has just produced Life on the Line. He's actually out in the water as we speak. Good morning, Al.
1: Good morning, gents. Yeah, I know I get the odd interruption catching to you, but I'll do it for you guys. <laughs> Take us through it.
0: You did just say you landed a nice fish in the Sydney <laughs> Harbour. Take us through it.
1: Yeah, well we're right up the back, so we've had those nor'easters, which has been giving us a hard time with the fires here in New South Wales and it also makes it really cold inshore. So the king's when as soon as that happens, Sydney Harbour fires, but it's not right down the entrance, it's right up in the Parramatta River, so we're up at just down from Glenville at the Mart at Hunter's Hill and Kingies are up smashing all the pretty ones and they're hard to catch, but we just got one then that was probably about a 70-plus on sort of brim gear. And when you're flying in amongst all the boat moorings and everything, it is a serious, yeah, it, it's a bit of luck and a lot of, a lot of hopeful wishing to get it in and out of all the moorings and everything and get it up. But, what a, Yeah, it's a good one to land them. What are you catching
0: them on, Al? If you're fishing in there, they're feeding on prawns, like plastics or...
1: So, yeah, little plastics. So uh, you use those, um, those little Alco okay, paddle prawns or the Shimano uh, squidgy prawns or little rooster poppers in clear. And as soon as you see them blowing up, you just get straight in, cast into the thick of it, and then sort of pretty much hang on and try and get it in and out of the moor. That's <laughs> what they're doing is when they feed on prawns, is they're riding against the bank and up here, the bank has just got houses, you know, these rich people living along the edge with all their moorings, and it's not good for <laughs> fish, I'll tell you, it's bloody hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those that fish Sydney Harbour out, the key to chasing them, is it just patience? Is it time in the water? Is there a time of the day or a tide that they should be looking to uh, target?
1: Tide. Tides, tide. tides, and tides. Man. So top of the tide, um, when the water's clearest, and then you want either side of that, so they've got a bit of run. The old theory, yep. no run, no fun, is is so true. So, as soon as it starts running either side of the top of the tide, generally that's that session. You'll see it all blowing up. And yesterday we are out, you know, doing, I had to do a bit. It's, it's like Chinese water torture. I'm out doing some stuff for Hally on some ad they're doing. And all these kings are blowing up all around us. And I can't <laughs> do anything. And I've got to do these things with a teleprompter on the, on the screen talking, you know, talking about insurance and stuff. And all I've is look at the fish that the guy produced, kept going, hang hey, Eyes at the camera. Not over there. Eyes at the camera, <laughs> the <fish> <laughs> And they're just blowing up around the boat. It's like, I can't do it if they catch you guys. You can just catch one, all right? Right, okay, I'm going to do it. So then it was I like, this need my fix. Yeah,
2: you need don't to put, put, I don't blame you. You need to put that in the fine print, Al. Happy to shoot unless there's fish around, and then you'll need sort of half an hour just to have a few casts.
1: I'm going to change. You know what? That's it. I'm going to change. You're going to have to start managing this from now on. And he's going, oh, no, that's not the contract. He may fish. He's allowed to fish at all times. Now, Al, a
2: couple of weeks ago, Aaron and I were lucky enough to be invited by your good self uh, to the premiere of Life on the Line, which focuses around uh, bluefin tuna and how their population was incredibly decimated to how it has improved Um, and fishing's been a a huge part about uh, the success and the, the resurgence of that fish. Um, talk to us a bit about life on the line um, and congratulations on the, the docker itself, it was incredibly well put together, um, but it's certainly taken some time to get to the finish line now, hasn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely, and what an awesome one! Oh, it was bloody great you guys came along and saw it and, you know, it's one of those things for me as a kid, you know, being a Victorian, you know the old days when I was a young fella, there were no bluefin, like all I heard was stories from my old band saying, oh yeah, you go ahead and, you know, you catch bluefin, He used to fish Burma, you didn't catch bluefin and we never saw them, and then they started turning up. I think it was only five or six, I think it was, and we started catching, started catching them again. And it made me the first big one I caught, which was like something like 155 kilos or something. And when I caught that, it sent me on this path of sort of, I don't know, what do you say, discovery. All I wanted to do is learn what, what happened. How did they just reappear like that? And you know, the more I looked into it, the more fascinating it was that you know, the species are pretty much annihilated starts coming back and it's coming back more and more and more and James Finlay used to be the head of AFMA. I teamed up with him and said, mate, we need to tell everyone about this. Everyone like this is an amazing story that's all done all done through, you know, through the passion of, you know, you're not locking it up which is the old marine park scenario. Instead we're trying to learn what we need to do to look after it and actually manage it. And one of the keys was that if we kept fishing it, we could pay for the science to learn about it. And such a vital part that now the science that's come from all the bluefin sort of research is world leading and the use on white sharks and everything else but someone has to pay for it and, and the more we learned about it the more we did I said we need to film this so it took me three years to film it and it was the first time I've ever made a documentary so it was a bit of a a steep learning curve is an understatement boys I said yeah absolute understatement but having that night where it ended up being at IMAX and all that and I looked at it going, Oh that's well, that's a really little out of focus. Oh, that's a bit. when they blow it up on it was a thirty two meter screen, it's like, oh, oh, gotta be a bit sharper on that one. But <laughs> yeah, it's still awesome and amazing experience on it just to see how how good it is and yeah. And just a really good night and oh, industry to see like that.
0: Next time you uh, produce a show like that, Al, just a little bit of advice. Just choose the host a little bit, a little bit better, like a better-looking bloke or something along those lines. It's the MC, <laughs> no, I was, No, I'm talking yeah. about him. Uh, I was actually talking about Al, you uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they need someone better-looking for that. Uh, they don't have to do it. So me in there. I was like, right,
1: I'll do it. No. they not trying to get me to shut up as a problem, but I reckon I'm going to go to producing rather than presenting. <laughs> the old thing I've got face, what's the old saying? You've got to face the radio. i perfect for it.
0: Well, that's what we're here. We
1: uh, <laughs> I'll yeah, just. That's uh, it. Oh well, I might have to join you guys then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, one thing I did learn on the night was uh, a bit of the numbers, and I know the uh, the tuner obviously on the way back up. And when you hear that people like yourself who put this uh, information to the public on the way up, I'd. I'd Instantly presume that the numbers, the percentages, would be much, much greater than what you showed us. Now, I think it got down to ten percent, Pat, and then six percent. Yeah. Sorry, and now it's at thirteen percent. Am I right, Al?
1: Yep. Well, now uh, it's, it's at thirteen, increasing, and the expectation was so it went down as low as potentially four percent in two thousand and one. So four to six percent, and the problem, and the big thing we've got to understand is bluefin spawn at ten years. So it takes 10 years to do it. So if you hit them really hard, the results of what you do will take 10 years to sort of come into effect. Now, if you look at yellowfin, they're, they're up and spawning in two years. Yep. So two to three years, they're up and running. So it's, it's a much quicker response to what happens. But with bluefin, you know, it, it takes that sort of massive time frame. So what, what was going wrong was 30 years ago and we're only starting to see the responses now. So it's they're at 13% and they're continuing up I think they've bumped it up to, they want to 20%, which is starting to be, you know, a more manageable level of unfished biomass. But it's just going up and up. Which is so great. So I, I think, yeah, know, yeah, they've just come, um, last year they took them off the endangered list and classed them as recovery, which is just awesome news. You know, because all we ever hear about is how bad our oceans are and everything that's wrong. And while there's lots of problems, there's lots of good stories in that. As well, you know, this, this, and things like this are a great story for what we should be doing. They should see all the kings chasing this tailor. So Tom just took to Taylor on the live radio for you. He just took on, it and all the kings he ends up with the tailor, and all the kings are chasing his tailor. <laughs> <laughs> so no. yeah, but look, it is. It's, it's um, it, for me, it's such an amazing story that, of good news. Like I'm sick of all the bad news, but this is good news and stuff that we can learn from yep. about the future and what we can do keep making it better because the one thing i've learned over the years is fishermen are the best custodians of the water bar none like they're absolutely awesome at it and they're desperate to do the right thing and look after the fishery and you know there's not one person i know that fishes that doesn't want lots of fish so we just you know we're we're the perfect people as the custodians of the water can't get any better than that
2: couldn't it any better al um al thanks for joining us on real adventures this morning and talking to us about life on the line um and info around tuna and how we can continue to improve and and help this uh this fishery and for the live report on (laughs) sydney harbour just straight into the kingfish. doesn't get any better than that thanks
1: al no worries at all guys
2: al mcglashan who of course produced life on the line which is on uh, Three thirty this afternoon on Channel Nine. He's one of the best in the industry, isn't he, Redmond? Oh, just personality is just
0: always. Why is he always happy? Well, I think man, <laughs> we
2: need more people with that sort of enthusiasm exactly. for life. But so.
0: everything he does, just yeah, he's great. Great personality. Everything he puts out. Some of his photos are just oh, yeah, the best you'll I, see. That's what I want to do soon. That was all aboard
2: thanks to Dometic. Keep food and drinks chilled with the Dometic CIB26 insulated cooler bag. It is time for Reds Review. Redmond, you're going to talk to us around sonar scanning, what spec you should be using, and the difference between sort of, mm. uh, there's a whole lot of different words for it now, whether it's side imaging, down scanning, um, you're obviously traditional sonar, sonar. There's so many different options now. What should people be looking to use and how should they be using it in different scenarios?
0: So we're going to talk a fair bit about uh, your, your side view and your clear view. Uh, basically, with uh, our Garmin units that yourself, you, you run and I run. Uh, I run two separate transducers. So I run a a uh, separate one which runs my, my imaging. So it's my side scan, like I just said, and your, yep. your, your down view. And then I run my one kilowatt which is basically my sonar itself. Now, when I was out fishing the other day, and I showed you a few pictures, and how cool some of the pictures? Incredible. Uh, we're fishing uh, dumps, I guess you could say. So there's p- things that people have put out in the water over the years. Now, it could have been 40 years ago, 10 years ago, could have been last week. So which basically, we
2: certainly do not uh, advise to,
0: but they are out in the water. They're everywhere, and they are. And there's also ones that fisheries put out there too. And this side uh, view and clear view imaging is amazing. Now... Say, for example, you and I are going to go look for Snapper this afternoon. Basically, we're going to head out, and 99% of people are going to, probably a bit under that, 90% of people are going to head out, and they're going to use their traditional uh, traditional screen, Sonar screen, as it's called. And they're going to start looking on their high chirp or low chirp, medium chirp, whatever they want to run. They're going to start looking for Snapper with that. Now, it is great, and it works to find fish, but it doesn't necessarily always show you the dumps or what was on the ground as clear as what detail. the imaging does. Now the reason for this is is the kilohertz. Now uh, something that I had to I had to check with myself uh, before the show. I, I will admit, but I was right. But you were right, which is great. Yes. I just had to check. So basically, with the imaging, uh, it runs at four hundred and fifty-five kilohertz. So. What I mean by imaging, I'm talking about your side imaging and your down view. Yep. The, now, I use this to find the structure itself. So I'm actually using it to to find it rather than sound over it because if you sound over it and you miss it just out of your beam, uh, it might come up as a little lump. It could look like a fish or it could look like just the bottom in such and you, you, you lose it. So the reason I'm using my side view imaging is to drive past it and you can actually see what it is on the bottom. And Now, your side view, when you when it spreads out, it basically, uh, it's looking on an angle out the side of your boat, and you can run it up to a certain amount of metres. I think I get about 40-odd-plus metres on mine, which is great. You can use this to find fish, too. It will mark up fish on it. Like, when we were up in Lake Coppolo Dam, he was using the imaging, the side imaging, on the, on. the it was on his hummingbird, yeah. and also he was marking up the barramundi on the down view, because it shows the actual look of the, of the picture. Now, that 455 kilohertz, what that means is, it's the, the amount that it's pinging back to the transducer itself, or well, it's like a microphone. It's amplifying to your unit yep. at five, four hundred and fifty-five times per second. So the kilohertz means you uh, bounce back per second. Yeah, per second. So yes. the
2: higher, the better quality. The higher image the better, you'll get.
0: Yes, it is. But also, uh, it is. It's going to you use it to show rather than get a small arch on your screen, which is what's going to show you if it's bouncing back real fast. The smaller, so your eighty three kilohertz or your higher chirp, which will bounce in between frequencies, that'll that there will give you a nice picture of an arch because it'll it'll basically shape the fish for you on your screen. Your side imaging as such is going to draw the picture on you on your screen like as if you're drawing a picture on a bit of paper. So that make sense? Yep. So it's actually pinging that fast. It's giving you uh, exactly what it looks like under the water on that your screen. Second, yep. And what I mean by this, it was quite windy the other day. and It was very hard to sound to try and find these dumps. And so what I was doing is, if I was missing it by 10 meters, I could then touch my screen on the Garmin. I could then exactly mark, touch the middle of the wreck and mark exactly on the chart plotter where that wreck is. So I can then anchor my boat in front of it because the fish are hanging around the front side of it. I was going to say some of the, I think the challenge that
2: certainly I've had in the past is you know you find the spot all right I'm going to anchor right yep. on that I put my anchor down I put out 30 meters of chain and then the boat is sitting you know and sitting and swinging 40 to 50 meters yep. off where the actual wreck yep, or exactly. fish are yep. and there's no like unless you're getting a stray fish, you're not going to get it in it.
0: Exactly. So it's so important. Even when we're up north on the wrecks, when we're drifting further, it works everywhere, this. Yep. So it's not just here in snapper season I'm talking about. I was using it to my advantage. I was finding the wreck. I was using my traditional sounder to mark my fish up. Yep. And the good thing is on the down imaging, when you do go over it, instead of being confused, it marks it up as a solid as well. So when it comes through on the imaging, you can clearly see that there's a dump there where the fish come up as specks. So there'll be dots on the screen rather than an art or a big picture on your traditional sonar. Yes. So you can actually make use of the imaging that you have in front of you to work out what it is rather than thinking it's bait. So that's actually a really good example. When the bait comes up, Pat, instead of it being a bait ball on your sonar, which is say a big ball, say size of your fist, say on your screen, where... On the imaging, it actually nearly marks individually each fish. Yeah. And with the Garmin units, you can spend all sorts of money. I was going to
2: say, that was going to be my next question. In terms of the units that you've actually been um, using, coming into Christmas, obviously people are looking at new purchases. You know, dads are trying to suggest to their kids and wives, you know, wouldn't mind this new unit. What would you look at
0: spending? So... Well, me, give me an unlimited budget not, here, not Pat. For can you. I have an unlimited? No, no within, i was reason. You know, I know, I know. What the five hundred to two grand mark. Yeah. So basically, I'm running a sixteen-inch touchscreen garment with a one-kilowatt MR transducer. Yep. And my uh, and my tradition, uh, my clear view and side view imaging. So you can, for port flip bait, let, let's keep it pretty simple, Pat. For the start, you can get a unit which is button controlled on the side which is your EcoMap and it comes with your Clearview imaging as well with and with a transducer, which is your GT22 high-wide transducer, and that's $699. And I'll guarantee you this unit will mark up some really beautiful pictures for you on Snapper, even uh, Tuna and the likes in the bay as well. But then you can push right down to uh, your, map, your, your Sonar GPS combos, and they're looking at $4,200. So what you want to do is go to your budget, uh, we, sorry, get your budget. Go to your, your local retailer that um, has Garmin. They're a rep for Garmin, I guess. And you could speak to them and work out what you want for yourself. Your traditional transducers you're looking at, uh, you, you, like I said, they're around 250 bucks up to what you want to spend. Your imaging ones start from around $99 right through to a few hundred. So they're a little bit cheaper than your one kilowatt traditional sonar, but it's always up to what you want to spend. Would you spend the extra money? For me, 100%. Because it's my livelihood. If you're looking at improving a, your fishing. Yes, if you're going to improve your fishing and you want to make life easy for yourself. And now what I mean by easier, it goes back to anchoring and positioning your boat, what you were talking about. Being able to, t- having a touch screen, being able to touch the screen on the unit and mark where, a, where that wreck is. But also with your traditional, you can go back to that and touch where the fish is and you'll work out a pattern around that wreck where the fish are. And what I do at the end of the day, Pat, is I actually delete, those marks, because the fish won't be there. I'll have the mark for the wreck, yep. but I won't have those fish marks. And you'll be able to work a pattern out. And the the more money you spend, the clearer the image, the more accurate the image. Obviously, but those basic ones around that five to a thousand dollar mark, I promise you, will do you the job. That was
2: Red Review. This is Real Adventures. Plenty more to come after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. We're in the home stretch. It's time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Spring into summer sale is on now. Redman, we spoke earlier in the show around uh, side scan, down scan, yeah, traditional sonar.
0: There's so many different variations. Oh, like down going, view and side view. Was that? You're going to talk <laughs> about when to use them exactly because it's it's something we are very fortunate to have in nowadays is technology and to be and actually in saying that, Pat, in about five years' time, we're probably going to have live TV from under your boat anyway. We probably will. The fish are going to yep. have no chance. But basically, there, are, there is a new thing called LiveScope, which is coming out, and it nearly is your TV. Gwayne uses it a fair bit in Westernport when he's on anchor, and you can actually see the snapper coming up under the boat, basically even the whiting, feeding on your baits, and then turning back, and your rod screams off, so he says. But <laughs> that's, what, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's the LiveScope. Absolutely. But basically, when to use your down view image and your side view, is I use it to find structure. Uh, even offshore, you can see the reef beautifully when you're fishing for gummies, snapper, but also... Your ledges. Your ledges, everything. You can see everything. It just clarifies it for your own brain. And instead of going, is it, is it, or is it not, it's... Rather
2: than that traditional sonar of, well, we think
0: it's red. It's colour, it looks like colour, it looks like this, which you do get a pretty good idea, but... It's actually a ship. It's a ship, it's a dead body. (laughs) (laughs) Get getting in trouble saying that one too. Oh, we're going to get sacked. But basically... Use use it to your advantage. So setting the boat up, putting it into position, doing all sorts of all sorts of maneuvers with the boat. It it, it makes life so much easier by transferring you where you are on the on the actual map uh the, sorry, the sonar screen into your maps and then putting the boat in places. So you don't have to spend all that time moving around. No, you light. can just yep. it, it, it saves a lot of time. But another good thing, like Gwane as well, uses it for uh yellowtail kingfish. So, for example, the yellowtail are sunning on top and it's a little bit rough, he's got his sighting imaging out and he'll be able to see them on the sides or, if you're sorry, excuse me, if you're trolling for bluefin tuna, you can actually see them to the side You can so you can move over there or if you're looking for the bait school on the marlin, you're looking over the side, oh, there's another bait school over there, you can manoeuvre to it. So It's not just directly
2: it. under the boat. No, the no, as
0: exactly country. right, exactly. And then you can use the down view imaging to clarify it for you too. That was Red's tip for New Age Caravans.
2: Take your caravan experience to the next level. New Age Caravans designed for the road ahead. Redmond, the flying gaff this weekend. You yeah, are taking mm. uh, a
0: fair square shot at bomb weather. Did you? Uh, did you see my day fishing out on Monday? I did. Yeah, I it was did. a good day, wasn't it? It was a beautiful day. Yeah. Well, if I had to listened to Bomb on the uh, on the actual report, I wouldn't have been fishing that day because so, it was glassed out all day, light northerly, picked up to no more than eight knots. I looked at the charts. Now, what I mean by the charts is when you go onto the Bomb website, it gives you the colors. You can go into your picture and gives you yep, hour the light, by... The light blue. Ooh, it's only 5 to thank 10 you. knots. Yep. Yep. And I showed Beautiful. you the picture when we caught up this morning, and you I did? showed you exactly what I was going to gaff today because I was really annoyed with it. Yep. It said it was going to be 0 to 5 knots in the morning, all day, no wind, and I went hour by hour, and I screenshotted them all. <laughs> Down to 5 p.m., it said it was going to be 0 knots. Now, this is on the same website, Bureau of Meteorology. Big word for me, so make the most of it. (laughs) Bomb.gov.au said to me that on the charts it was going to be no wind. But then I went to the written report for Port Phillip Bay, which is the same thing I was looking at, and it said... Just the written version. Just the written version. And it said... Actually, you know what? It's going to take me two seconds to load it because it's just here, Patrick. I'm going to read exactly what it said because I was not happy with it. You know, what I kind of... Yes, I found it. It says, Sneak, Northerly 10 knots, increasing to 25 knots during the morning. Winds tending north to north 15 knots in the afternoon, becoming 25 knots during the evening. Squails with rain. There was no rain. There was no squails, and the wind didn't get above 5 What's knots. What's a Squalls. Squall, sorry, wrong Squ- word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going as good as Bombs going. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, what... Squalls. But basically what I'm trying to say is how can one report say 25 knots all day, the other say five knots, on the same bloody website? You can say
2: it, but what you get (laughs) is the flying gaff. It's time to wrap the show up. This has been Real Adventures. We're going fishing. We're fishing for (laughs) squalls.